Hello and greetings and welcome to the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, thanking you once again for making us a part of your day wherever you are in the world and however you may be listening. We are thrilled that you are going to be tuning in to us once again. We also want to thank our partner, Live Happy Magazine. They have got issues on newsstands now. We're working hard on the next one, and you can find the current issue, all future issues, on your mobile device as well, either through the iTunes Store uh, with Apple or the Google Play Store if you have an Android device. We encourage you to uh, check that out. It's a good time. Also want to thank our partner, Life Reimagined, their website, lifereimagined.org slash happy. They've got all kinds of resources for you and things for you to try as you make your journey toward your peak happiness because as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Well, find out more by going to lifereimagined.org slash happy. Well, we're very excited about this episode because it deals with something we talked about a few times on the show, and that is starting this journey in childhood. We're talking with a child and adult psychiatrist and New York Times bestselling author, by the way. Dr. Edward Hollowell is joining us on the steps parents can take to help their children become happier as adults. This guy graduated from Harvard, uh, Tulane School of Medicine. He's a faculty member at Harvard Medical School, so you know he's good. He's authored 20 books on various psychological topics, including The Power of Human Connection, Methods for Forgiving Others, Dealing with Worry, Managing Excessive Busyness, and Childhood Roots of Happiness. All things we've discussed right here on this show. Dr. Hollowell, welcome to the Live Happy Now podcast. It's such a joy to have you. Wonderful to be with you. I think it's, I'm very excited about this because we've talked to various people of, through the 60 some episodes we've done of this. And we've talked about how getting children to start buying into the, the mindsets and the processes that you go through, uh, to improve, uh, the, the positive in your life at a young age is so vitally important. What, what would you say are the key steps in childhood that lead to happiness as an adult? Well, by far, by far, without, without any doubt whatsoever, uh, the, the key is connection. And, and by that I mean uh, a feeling that you're a part of something larger than yourself. In, in simple terms, it's love. And, and you know, people say, oh, I, I know that already. But people underestimate its power. And for a parent, you know, just start by loving your children. If you If you raise them in an atmosphere of love, of positive connections to family, to community, to a pet, to nature, to God, or whatever religious or spiritual inclination you have, to to teams, to clubs, to organizations. This is the key. This really is the key. If there's one force in all of life uh, for pretty much everything that's positive from productivity to self-esteem to to long life and health it's the force of positive connection and and you know and so my my first bit of advice to parents is enjoy your children if you have fun with them and enjoy them you know you're giving them what i call the the other vitamin c vitamin connect and it's the most powerful the most powerful vitamin we've got and and you know it, it, the beauty of it, it it's free it's infinite in supply. Uh, the the sad thing is people don't take it seriously enough. 
I think that you're right. I think it is the obvious love your children. I mean, that that's <laughs> that's not that difficult a concept to say, oh, yeah, of course that's important. Where do people go astray in that? Where do uh, parents get oh, mixed they, up? They, 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 they get too busy. You know, they say, yeah, I love them, but they don't spend any time with them. Or they commit them to way overscheduled lifestyles. I mean, you know, they, they, you, you say, yeah, I know that, that it matters, but people get too busy. Parents get too busy to have family dinner, too busy to read bedtime stories, too busy to go on picnics, you know. And, and the best thing in the world you can do for yourself is to spend time with your kids, let alone the best thing you can do for your kids. You want to avoid the, the cats in the cradle uh, situation from that song, you know, where he grows up to be, he, he's too busy to spend time with his kids, and then his kids don't want to spend time with him. What can you do to, to give the children what they need as, as they grow up? I mean, is it, is it as simple as making time for a bedtime story every night, or what else can you do? It, it, it couldn't be more simple than that, and, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, people want complicated solutions it's very 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 simple spend time with your children if not a time story uh, then breakfast if not uh, family dinner then midnight popcorn if not you know you, you you don't have to be a stay-at-home parent at all i mean i i travel a great deal i talk to my kids every day over the telephone you know and and that counts you know it, it doesn't have to be intense time that happens every day you can be two working parents believe me two working parents can be incredibly connected to their children and two wealthy parents who don't work can be incredibly disconnected from their children so so it's it's not a matter of of uh you're having to give up your career whatsoever it's simply a matter of your uh, discovering the joy, discovering the incredible reward of spending time with your kids. There's nothing in my life that I do that I enjoy more than, than now my kids are 26, 23, and 20. And I've, I've been doing this since they were, you know, 6, 3, and 0. Uh, <laughs> I just love, love, love the time I spend with them. You know, I, I absolutely believe that. I have a little boy who turned 9 today. And then I have a daughter who's seven and another one who's four. And I always tell people, best decision I ever made, best part of my life, most important thing. I wanted to transition a, a little bit based on something that you said, which was, uh, you know, we're too busy. We get too busy. Now, you've done a couple of books, uh, Driven to Distraction and Delivered from Distraction. And you have a, your new podcast, which is called Distraction. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what that whole concept is. What, what, what is it you're talking about when you're, when you're talking about distraction? And how do we avoid it? Well, the, the, the life has changed dramatically, really, in, in the past decade or 15 years where, you know, we're just peppered with interruptions, distractions, you know, the, the iPhone, the iPad, uh, it, and it's wonderful in many ways. But if you're not careful, it can really kind of seduce you away from what matters most. You can find yourself spending more time on these electronic devices than, say, family dinner or, say, conversation with a loved one or, or you know, weeding your garden, you know, <laughs> whatever matters most to you. If you're not careful, these electronic devices can kind of seduce you away and, and you, you spend more time on them than you really want to. 
the good news here is that this is very solvable, unlike other major world problems, be it global warming or terrorism or, you know, one disease or another. Uh, this one, everyone can solve. They, they have it in their own power to solve by simply limiting the amount of time you spend on electronics and, and reinvesting that time with your children or your spouse or your career or, or your garden. You know, when I use garden metaphorically, you know, a lot of people have a, a sort of a project they'd really like to attend to, something they'd really like to do, but they don't do it because they're caught up in the busyness of everyday life. And one of my prime messages is you don't have to be that busy. You, you think you have to be that busy, but you really don't. One thing that keeps keeps running through my mind, and it, it especially hits home when you say love your children and, and be around your children and show that you don't have to be that busy, is really setting an example uh, for children because they will mimic a lot of the things that, that you do. A lot of kids do grow up to be just like mom or just like dad, whether it's a, a conscious thing or not. But I think the learning can really go t- uh, two ways. And this is, I'm speaking, of course, as someone who doesn't have children, uh, but, but I see it all the time, even when I just spend time with my much, much younger siblings, you can learn things from them. What are some things we can learn from kids that will help increase our own, our own joy? Oh my God, just, it's not, it's not the, I, listing the lessons, it's just spending the time, uh, spend the time with the kids and they will infuse you with their energy, their spontaneity, their joy, their, uh, you know, difficultness. I mean, all of that. It, it, it's not that you learn something, rather you experience something. And I, I think that's, we, we're so focused on learning, you know, these days. Everyone wants to give me, you know, what can I learn this, learn that. And, and honestly, what, what matters much more than learning something is experiencing something, you know, whether it's experiencing the delight you feel with a child and the uh, experience of discovering something or the experience of love with your spouse or the experience of a spiritual, you know, kind of uh, healing when you, you know, contemplate the meaning of life, you know, the, the, the filling of your soul. I mean, so, so, I think what we really need is, is, and kids are the greatest teachers of this, is to experience life in a new way. Hmm. And, 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 and we get so sort of entrenched in experiencing life in one way, and kids can jostle us out of that. They, they, can, they can say, you know, just they, they force us really to experience life differently. And instead of it being this linear, what can I learn? How can I grow? How can I progress? What progress, profit, and so on and so forth? Just spend time with the kid, and next thing you know, your whole world will change. You will experience life differently. And I think that's the great—that's the great gift that kids have to give us. I think you can pick up our energy from osmosis too. I mean, yeah, you just—you just got you're around them, and suddenly you're happier. That's—that's yeah. that's for sure. I, I want to shift gears a little bit because I'm I'm personally interested in in something that you've got a ton of experience in. I have a a child who's been diagnosed with ADHD, 
And uh, I love something that's in your bio, which says that you've argued that ADHD is often misunderstood, mistreated, and mislabeled as a disability, and that the gifts of this condition are easily lost amid negative comments. Could you, could you tell us a little bit about the gifts of ADHD? Because I think that's an interesting concept. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, as a professional, I've been treating ADD for, you know, 35 years. I have it myself. All three of my kids have it. Uh, and I, I tell folks, I, I don't treat disabilities. I unwrap gifts. And, and to me, the, to, to me, ADD is like having a Ferrari engine for a brain. You've got this incredibly powerful brain. Uh, it's just that you have bicycle brakes. <laughs> so, 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 my job, I, I'm, I'm a brake specialist. So I help you uh, strengthen your brakes so that you can become a major winner. I don't, I don't want to help you become normal. I want to help you become super normal. I want to help you become the incredible person you could be. And, and, and the fact is that most you know, successful entrepreneurs have ADD. Most, so many people who are, you know, Academy Award winners, Pulitzer Prize winners, Nobel Prize winners, mm-hmm. self-made billionaires, millionaires, they, they all have this race car brain with the bicycle brakes. And, and so the, the trick is to, you know, learn to strengthen those brakes. <clears throat> now, if you don't, that's the prison population, people with race car brains with bicycle brakes who've never learned to strengthen their brakes. So it's, it's a high stakes game, but, but um, at its best, you know, these are the people who founded this country and who continue to advance our country. Well, I think it's really important to get that out there because there is this stigma with, with ADD and ADHD. And, and when I was reading your bio, I was reminded of, of a comedy act we went and saw not too long ago. Uh, he's a guy on SNL now. His name is Jay Farrow. And every time he's on, he does something that goes viral because he's so creative and so funny. And at the end of his uh, stand-up act, he talks about, he's like, yeah, I have ADHD and I harnessed it into this. And you would never know because the people who like me, who have not experienced it, all you've ever heard is all the kid with the ADHD, give him some Ritalin and he'll stop being a pain. And that's good. Right. Uh, Right. How how do you defeat that stigma? Well, with with education, with knowledge, with examples. I mean, so many people have it who have thrived. I mean, the idea of calling a disability is absurd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, it, it can ruin your life. But it can also make your life, and that that's what makes it so interesting. Most things, are, you know, they're entirely bad. You know, having diabetes, that's bad. There's nothing good about it. Uh, you know, having cancer, that's bad. There's nothing good about it. Well, this particular condition, uh, there's a lot good about it. And as long as you tap into that, uh, you know, you become an incredible winner. Well, I, I definitely want to uh, play your answer for my child when he's old enough to, <laughs> to, to cognitively process it. Um, because I, I, you know, I, I, we always tell him, you know, he is so smart. It's just focusing a little bit is all he needs. And he knows that. He's a, he's a bright, bright, bright child. Um, right. You know, but I, I want to transition um, having a little bit of ADHD myself, not not joking about that either, but I want to transition to, you know, you, you have a, your newest book is Driven to Distraction at Work. Um, right. And, you know, you're, 
I think it encompasses some of the challenge, some of the challenges we talked about earlier. Like we have too much going on. We have email. We have phones. We have you know cell phones. We have meetings galore these days. Um, but you're talking about you. You have some things about how to how, how to regain your focus at work and what you should do. Can you give some, most of the people listening to this have jobs? They go to work. What tips can you give for people about what they should be thinking about to get centered again in the office? Well, just take the the idea of focus seriously and and do what do the obvious things. You know, create boundaries. Uh, have time when you're not being interrupted. You know, have time when you're uh, not on email. When you're not allowed to be have someone knock on your door. Have private time for thinking. Have have time for working on a project. Essentially, basically take back control that you've given away. And and that's a, you know, people think, well, I'm helpless. I'm at the best of my boss or what have you. It, not true. We have a conversation with you, boss. You know, wouldn't it be good for me and pretty much everyone else who works here if we had time when we couldn't be interrupted, if we had time when we really knew we, we would be allowed to think, you know, could we have an hour a day for thinking? And, you know, the, those kinds of suggestions uh, resonate with everybody. Everybody wants that. And there's no reason you can't create that. I think that's very important for folks that, that you can be driven to distraction, pardon the uh, the pun, if you don't make some yeah. time uh, for yourself. Yeah. We, we do yeah. want to mention again that you have a podcast of your own. And where can folks go to listen to that? Well, just go to the website, distractionpodcast.com, and subscribe. Or you can go to iTunes. Again, the name of the podcast is Distraction, uh, and the website is distractionpodcast.com. By the way, I, I really thank you for plugging it. We're, we're trying to create a, a, you know, a kind of community of people who are interested in this. And it's not just the phenomenon of distraction. It's also the... The antidote to distraction, which is mm. connection and helping people create a connected life. Well, we've spent a, you know we spent a lot of time in Live Happy magazine and on LiveHappy.com talking about connecting with people because, of course, you know as, as we we let off this podcast, it may be that our positive relationships may be the only key to happiness. If you, everything else is removed, it's definitely the primary key. So. We believe wholeheartedly in connection and advocate things like turning off your cell phone when you're with your family for dinner, or at least not having it in the same room. Spending an hour a day without your electronics turned on is always an interesting interesting habit for people who, who've never done that or yeah. haven't done it for 10 yeah. years. So we advocate yeah. a lot of the same things, and uh, I'm, I'm very interested in, uh, in in hearing more about it. So I think I'll check the podcast out. And it's and it's nice to make the connection with you because we're all about uh, sharing that information for anybody, no matter where well, they get I, it, I, if it's I, all good. I love what you're doing. You know, this, this whole notion of of trying to lead a fulfilling, happy life, you know, based on, you know, sound principles that, that make sense. You know, and, and I think the good news is everybody has it within their power to do that. Yeah, we always say it's easy to do. It's also easy not to do. So you have to make the choice <laughs> yes. to do it. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. And, and something like your show will help people, you know, kind of get the – not just the motivation, but the structure, the instructions, the, you know, the, the capability to do it. 
Well, that's that's certainly the goal, and we're we're very thrilled that uh, you added your voice uh, to that uh, bit of information that can that can help re- uh, help people reach uh, their own personal goals in that space. Uh, Dr. Hollowell, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, hopefully being able to uh, to talk to you again sometime. I think there's a lot of paths we can go down with you. Absolutely, I look forward to it, and thanks so much for having me on your show. And if you'd like a free download of five steps to help create and sustain lifelong joy, you can visit livehappynow.com. And while you're online, let us know what you thought about this conversation, any past conversations or any conversations you would like to hear in the future. You can hit us up on Twitter at livehappy, facebook.com slash livehappy, or send us an email podcast at livehappy.com. We love getting emails. We love hearing from you. Two-way conversation. Like I said, glad to have you be a part of it. Well, for Dr. Edward Hollowell, Deb Heiss, I... MJR Houston saying so long, thank you, and remember to always live happy.